guys, welcome back to season two. I'm so excited for this season. I'm so excited for the content that's gonna be coming out. I'm excited to be releasing it. I'm excited to be interacting with you guys. And um, I'm really looking forward to some really great conversations. I'm really looking forward to exploring what season two has in store for us. Hey, if you're new, I encourage you to subscribe and we're going to be dropping new episode, actually a whole bunch of episodes all together the first Thursday of every single month. So you don't want to miss out. Make sure you subscribe. Give me some feedback as well. How are you finding this? Is this helping you? Because the mission is staying the same. Our vision is staying the same. At least my vision is staying the same. And that is to just engage in conversation that doesn't always get airtime or a lot of airtime. Um, in some of the social circles that we're part of, or sometimes as well in church. That's where this podcast was birthed out of, and hopefully it's content that helps you, it's content that challenges you, it's content that leads you to have more conversations with people around you. So, subscribe, let me know how you're thinking, and um, I'm looking forward to this journey with you. I'm just a heathen. (laughs) Funny chance, my wife. It's not. <laughs> no. What's your real name? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, welcome back guys. We're here with Sonny Shen. Hey, or at least hey. as as he says, that's his real name. Um, so this has been a while coming. I would have liked to interview you with um, some of the other friends that we know in common, but maybe one day. Um, like who? Like, uh, Nathan Forster. Oh yeah, you have already, haven't you? Yeah. So his second second part of his episode, he's going up. He's going up next yesterday, actually. Oh sweet. Do you know I called him? I messaged him the night before, and then he just was like, "Yeah, I'm free." <laughs> he's always ready. He's got so much re- wisdom and yeah. revelation, and yeah. he's just like a fountain. Yes. <laughs> so I gotta have him back. Um, but yeah, this has been a long time coming. So I thought you would be good for listeners and people who don't know you to find out a little bit more about you. So if you tell us a bit about your testimony. Sure, sure. So um, for the start, I um, I was born in China in the city called Guangzhou, aka Canton. So that's where the language, the dialect um, Cantonese comes from. Um, yeah, so I lived half of my life there and the second half part of my life here in Perth. I moved to Perth in 2004 and uh, I wasn't a Christian and um, I really enjoyed playing basketball and um, and I met this friend from um, playing the local competition on Saturday at, at Craigie Leisure Centre and, and he invited me to church so I thought I'll go along and see you know what's up with this whole western religion and the people there and it's a Chinese church so I got to meet some Chinese people and you know check out what sort of girls there you know mm-hmm. as a teenage boy and um, meet people and so I started going and it was really nice people in the church but I could not really understand the preaching the sermons and all that because although they were in Chinese but 
just Christian language is so hard to understand and I would fall asleep, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the preaching. I was like, oh my gosh. But for some reasons, I felt that I should keep going mm-hmm. and, and I did. And, and every Sunday, I would just keep going and and um, there was times that I would give myself excuses not to go and those excuses would never work out like say oh no one's going to pick me up today so I'm not going to go but there's always someone picking me up to go to church I'm like dang it <laughs> and um, probably after like a couple months one day the, the pastor was sharing about his testimony of God's love his understanding of God's love which is unconditional uh, you know that agape love that no matter how well you do or how bad you do in life he always loves you he always cares for you when when he explained that it it, it hit me for some reason and and there's a voice inside my head or more in my heart um, it was you're saying to me that that's the love that you've been looking for. That's the love you need. That's the love you've been searching for your whole life. That's what's going to fulfill your life. At that age, I was like only like 15, but it was quite a profound thing that I, was, I heard. But somehow I understood it um, in the midst of my immaturity. And I decided to put up my hand at the altar call. The, Basically, the pastor called an altar call in the middle of a sermon, not at the end. Wow. And he called for people forward who responded. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't really want to go forward. It's really awkward. <laughs> but I went forward anyway. And um, and he led me through the sinner's prayer in front of everyone because um, there was only one or two guys who responded. Wow. And... Um, and then at the end of service, everyone was congratulating me and saying this, saying that. But to me, at that moment, I just felt like this is something that's worth trying, worth discovering, that whether this Jesus, this God, this love is true. It was only a moment of beginning for me to search and start praying. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I started praying and started to like t- test God to see whether it's real life by asking things to come to give me signs that oh give me this so I know it's you yeah. and um, <laughs> I was asking for a laptop and a pair of basketball shoes yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, to me at that point it was hard to get it was impossible I didn't think that I would be able to get it if I would be able to get them it would have been God and some and and somehow I did receive them from my dad. Wow. And um, there was a few other things that I would pray for, which I can't exactly remember. Really silly stuff, but it will just happen, and it wow. will uh, it will convict my conscience that yeah, he's real. Um, and what else happened there? There was another thing. Uh, my mind has gone blank all of a sudden. I was, yeah, I can't really remember much. Basically, I just started believing, wow, he's real. And then I started reading the Bible um, and just trying to 
read the Bible in English so I can learn more English because yeah. at that point my English was still pretty poor. Yeah. Um, and and also got. Um, I also met this group of people there from a youth group, the youth leaders. They came into my school. I went to Perth Morton at that point. And um, these people would just come in. I didn't know they were Christians. And they would just hang out with us. It was really weird. It was like, hey, do you want to come play basketball and come to Hungry Jacks after school with us? And we just hanging out with all the people. And, and I'm like, like we would shout, <laughs> shout, shout you food and stuff. I'm like, yeah, why not? But we, they didn't mention anything about Christianity or anything like that. So we're hanging out. Building, they were building relationship with us. And I just... For some reason, I just tagged along like they're really nice people, and um, and then later on, I started going to this church called Lake City Church, which no longer exists. Um, now it's Kingdom City, which is a church I attend. Um, I just randomly came across these youth leaders at the church, wow. and they happened to be in the same church. <laughs> and I was like, now looking back, I was like, God fully set it up. Because yeah. I had no idea how that happened. Yeah. And I got um, quite connected with um, two leaders. And one of them, um, he's still serving. And he did a lot for me in terms of my spiritual walk with God. Yeah. He would like hang out with me after school one-on-one and go to Northridge and we'd get bubble tea. And, and he would just talk about life with me. When I was like only fifteen, sixteen, wow, and and the and his uh, way of sharing things and talking live with me was very genuine, mm-hmm. and it, it unlocked something within me that I want to share my own life and I want to be vulnerable. Yeah, and the moment I decided to be vulnerable with him about some of my feelings about life and all that, something just broke loose in a sense. I remember every time we would have a God conversation and I would be going home feeling really joyful. Yeah. It's a peace and joy. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't understand exactly what it was, but I was just like, wow, this is so cool. And, and I remember one day he said to me, yeah, I, I just heard God said this to me yesterday. And I was like, what? <laughs> God spoke to you? He speaks to people? Like, how? Like, yeah, just... He, and he was explaining, like, I'll just go to your room and quiet your mind in a dark room and he'll speak to you. I'm like, cool, I'm going to try this tonight. I want to listen to what he has to say. Yeah. And that night I was really excited. I turned the lights off, went into the bedroom and just started praying, God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. <laughs> After 10 minutes, I heard nothing. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, it's not true. And I just walked out back to the laundry room, started watching TV. I was getting a bit upset. Like, yeah. I hear nothing. Da, 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 da. And um, thank God I didn't, you know, um, stop my faith from yeah. that point on. Yeah. I just continued to walk. And then, and then the leaders started sharing things like, oh, yeah, I, I also speak in tongues. It's something that you can receive mm. as well. Mm. And I was like, Sick, let's do this. How do I do it? And it's like, oh yeah, I'll come to pick you up tomorrow at 6 a.m. And we'll go to Hillary's, the beach, to pray. Yeah. And God will give to you. So, I woke up at 6 a.m. before high school started. And we went to the beach. And and he just left me there to ask God for this gift. 
and he went along to somewhere else to read a Bible, <laughs> and and like on <laughs> at the end he told me. Yeah, it was a bit weird when you're like kneeling down on the sand hill and people were like walking past doing the morning walks like, wow. what's that guy doing up there? <laughs> and um, yeah, at the end of that morning, I didn't receive anything. I didn't speak in tongues. I didn't feel anything special or magical. Mm. So once again, I was a bit like disappointed. Mm. Um, but in saying that, after like a couple of months at church, all of a sudden I just started speaking in tongues. I didn't know how to explain it and um, yeah and and I got invited back in those days we had Panda Shakers coming to the town to Perth like tour around Australia and yeah. and I would start get invited to those conferences and and to the youth yeah. to youth camps and stuff like that yeah. and I remember I had um, my first God encounter or more like feeling his spirit touching me mm. in in a deep deep way spiritually was at a conference and I I just remember like I just want to feel a touch from God mm. I couldn't remember a single word from the preacher the whole night but in my head just have one had one thought I need to get a touch and and when the altar call came at the end I went forward to get prayed for as soon as the pastor prayed for me I just started crying crying uncontrollable uncontrollably and just with such crying that wasn't my sadness but it was like I felt love like never before I mm. felt this love like oh my gosh it's so much that it, it overwhelmed me and and my only manifestation was to cry <laughs> and cry and cry and, and wow. yeah I guess from that point on and I was like, wow, God is really real. Um, and that set me off on a journey of searching more yeah. about the kingdom of God, the, you know, living with the Holy Spirit, yeah. that sort of lifestyle, going to more conferences, um, and, and end up wanting to do Bible college because I didn't want to do anything. I just want to learn more about God. I want to know all there is about him yeah, that's right. and so so I went to um, at that point two of my friends from church they were studying at Sunset Coast um, Leadership Bible College which now is called Global Hearts mm-hmm. they were doing stuff for there they invited me and I started mid- midway through um, and completed my cert for there and re- it really added to my faith and my faith journey yeah. at that point I was loving life that yeah. year was like the best year like it was hard i live in maylands and to catch two trains to go to jindla oh man and i had to do catch i was doing internship on friday nights at church and i would have to catch the train home it would take me like an hour or two hours to get one one way but i was loving life i was loving it because it was so much joy in the midst of it, it was, mm. it's like going on an adventure that you're discovering new things every day you're hearing this teaching this revelation yeah. people you're like wow <laughs> life is good yeah. and um so i finished that and i thought about oh what's next i need to get a job i can't just keep studying and not get a job and not do anything mm. and i felt like maybe i want to but I still don't want to learn something secular. I don't want to work in something that's 
just to do with accounting or in you know, a that sort of thing did yeah. not really interest me. Nothing bad with them at all. It just did not interest me. I want to do something that's still within Bible college that yeah. but but I can use it for yeah. for work and all that. And and um one of my other friends, he was studying at Table College at that point and and he and he mentioned about the counseling course there he was doing and I thought, yeah I can I can do that. I think that'd be cool. So <laughs> So I um, decided to do that um, after a year because I lost my license that year as well due to an accident. Mm -hmm. And um, so that delayed the, the enrollment with table. Yeah. Um, and I just decided to save up for that year. And yeah, table was interesting because I didn't really know what to expect. And from what I heard, it was a very academic um, college. Yes. I was a bit fearful about whether I'd be able to complete it, the yeah. degree, because it's quite long and it requires lots of studying. And my study, uh, my, my academic level at that point wasn't enough because I dropped out in year 11. Mm -hmm. I decided not to go to high school anymore because I found nothing interesting. I was like, why waste my time here? <laughs> and I just left. I wrote a note as my mum and signed it. <laughs> and I left the school <laughs> and exited myself. I told my mum later. Um, yeah, so I was a bit worried about table. And, but I just felt like that is the right place to go. And I had to pay the fees up front at that point because they didn't have fee help. And I was mm. like, wow, it's way harder to come to table than go to Harvest West because Harvest West was another choice. It was like the popular college that people go to, you know, from ACC churches at that point. But somehow I just didn't feel right with Harvest West and I felt like I needed to go to table, but it was costing me more money at that point. I have to travel extra miles. Mm. I have to catch three buses to get there on one trip. And there were night nighttime classes that I was like, how am I gonna get home? Because the, you know, <laughs> Perth public transport, not that It's not anymore. that reliable. Yeah. I was like, freak, I don't know. So I was telling one of the lecturers on on um, enrollment days and, and he told me, oh, someone would drop you home. I was like, I don't even know anyone here. How, how are you so confident? Yeah. Nice. And I was like, okay, whatever. If I get stranded, I get stranded. Yeah. I just roll with it. And somehow there was a guy living down my direction wow. and he would just drop me. And um, we have the same class, nighttime class that year. And after that year, I got my license yeah, back, back yeah. and we have different classes. Wow. <laughs> and yes, and money wasn't hard, but, but yeah, it got, you always had enough money. It was just, I had to spend more, you know, there, which it was fine and got provided. I was working somehow. And, um, so yeah, but after the first year in, um, studying, studying at table, I still wasn't sure whether it's something definitely God has for me. Yeah. Cause I have still had another three years after the first year. Um, the reason why I was, it, it was taking me four years to complete that degree was because they wanted me to um, complete the diploma first before getting to the degree, but they were willing to accredit some um, units from the diploma to the degree. To the degree yeah. So it, normally it's supposed to take me three years. I ended up doing four years. So I just finished the first year, which my diploma year, 
I still got three years ahead. And I was like, God, you really need to give me a confirmation about this because I'm <laughs> not sure whether I'm going to do another three years of intense studies. And, um, and, and he did. I went to um, a conference in Churchlands, uh, a church, great church. And um, there was a guy called Will Hearts and he gave me a word, gave me a prophecy, and which was like, well, it was really spot on, basically mentioned about, oh, I can see you in the future working with teenagers in like a one-on-one, you're doing pastoral care and mm. mentoring, that sort of things. And as soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, that's like counseling. And that confirmed with me. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep studying. Um, funny thing is, I, but at that point, I didn't know I'll be working at Ultra One. Yeah. Because on the last year of my degree, I finished up with my youth ministry, like the leadership role. I didn't want to stay in youth. Mm-hmm. So I thought my work in the future, in the counseling realm, it's not going to be to do with teenagers necessarily. Yeah. But um, somehow, yeah, God reminded me that word and um, he also showed me the path and talked to one as well. He sort of secretly planned everything. Everything, yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah, yeah it's, it seemed like it coming out so naturally, but on hindsight, it's like he planned it, he has planned it all. Mm, absolutely. So here I am, yeah. And, and we met just as you were finishing mm. your, your degree. Mm. This week for you became a yeah. chaplain. Yeah. yeah so. At the beginning of that year, during my prac at your campus, I still didn't know. It was only uh, halfway through, maybe July or August, I was asking God, like, what do you want me to do after this? Because yeah. I need to start applying for jobs and all that sort of things. What's the next step? Yeah. I just felt like he wanted me to um, work with teenagers. Mm. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. And I thought, yeah, I'll definitely get a job from Ultra One. Everything seems so lined up. But at the end of the year, when I applied for a job in Ultra One, there was no jobs. <laughs> there was no vacancy. I was like, what? Yeah. And um, and I was like, okay, maybe I misheard yeah. you. And and at that point, I still couldn't relate that prophecy I got given to Ultra One because I thought it just to do with, um me working in a normal counseling agency working yeah, with teenagers yeah, or working with adults at the same time yeah. or just my youth ministry mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of thing like my leadership role there i didn't really link couldn't link it together, together. only like yeah after i got the job then i started wow yeah yeah so yeah so i couldn't get any position i was like yeah auto one's not for me then i started looking for it somewhere else but all the doors were, were closed yeah. and i was like what the hell's going on i'm going to be jobless for ages <laughs> and um um dave the principal approached me at church um after like in may the next year after i graduated and he's like why don't you apply also one I was like, there was no position <laughs> when I applied. It's like, oh yeah, there's some casual relief, yeah, stuff yeah. you can start going into. I was like, 
okay, sure. And and then from that point on, I started, you know, getting more yeah, getting more work and getting into um, connected the department I'm working in right now. Mm. And doors seems to be just opening like that for me without me trying like to try to manipulate the process it was just like given yeah and i just need to take it wow and yeah and here i am awesome so how old are you now i'm 28 28. Mm. oh we're the same age and we also came to australia the same year oh really (laughs) yeah yeah of course (laughs) the year and else um Oh yeah, that's a Chinese year. Of course. Uh, so you're a young adult, and um, I wanted you to sort of give a little bit of your opinion on from what you've seen. What is it that's enticing young men, at least our age, young adult men, our age, like in their twenties, out of church? If you've seen many, what's your observation on that? Because you've stayed steady now. Now you've been walking with Jesus for um, a good 12 years at least. 12 to 14 years. Um, 12 years around there. I actually can't remember when I got saved, to be honest. I respond multiple all the course. I'm like, every week they're like, you don't need to put it up every week. It's like, I still need saving. Uh, <laughs> I just feel the conviction. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, but they're... I don't know if you've noticed, but there seems to be a little bit of a, a deficit of young men, especially in the church. Mm. What do you think entices a lot of them outside of church? Um, there are many wonderful distractions out there. <laughs> yeah. Very tempting distractions, I believe. Um, when you say like, oh, young men being enticed, I automatically think think about the, the Christian guys, people that have grown up from the church mm-hmm. yeah. and then they've been quite restricted when they were young and they were not allowed to touch this or say this or see this or experience this. Mm-hmm. And when they finish high school, all of a sudden they're an adult, the parents can no longer control, restrain them they start going full on to the other extreme yeah. and they try and end up trying everything and Under the sun, yeah. yeah and and yeah I think we, we got as, as human beings we get given the, the curiosity mm. we want to find out what is that we're curious about things it's a, it's a good thing because it's meant to be used to discover God, the infinity. So we forever been captivated by him. Yeah. And that's how worship happens. But it also the, the thing is living in a fallen nature. Uh, this world is, is also got other things distracting us. And when we've been told not to do certain things, our rebellious sinful nature automatically kicks in that we want to do it because we get told you can't do it. I want to do it now because I'm curious what why can't I do it, you know? Why can't I eat that fruit from the that tree that I got told not to eat? Exactly the same pattern, you know, in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. That sort of things. So, I mean there are many things, I guess. Another yeah, so anti I I guess one one thing when you said that question, it came and 
came up to me to, uh, to my mind was that hurt and offense from the church mm. have often um, uh, caused people to leave church. Um, that's more common, I believe, from what I've seen in my own life with leaders, especially mm. that people have actually given a lot to the church, but um, being hurt by a church, by leaders, no one's perfect and hurts mm. unavoidable, yeah. but people don't know how to deal with their hurts, deal with their offense, deal with their disappointment, yeah. anger and sadness and brokenness. Those are like gateways or triggers that cause people to look for other sources yeah. to fulfill their life. Yeah. And, and they look to the world and they also have influence mm. coming from their other worldly friends or families and workplaces, just media, social media. There's so many things going on, like a spiritual war, if you like. Yeah, um, yeah so those things I've seen a lot. Mm. And, um, but I don't, yeah, really know exactly what they all are. And, and I guess everyone experiences things differently. Yeah. The, the interesting for me personally, I'm like, if we have truly tasted the goodness of God, the presence of Jesus, his love, why would you want to leave the church? Why would you want to leave your beliefs, your or your that sort of things? Mm, yeah. Like, it's it's a it's a big question, and 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 we are just yeah digging in a little bit today, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, it just yeah, it's hard. I guess everyone's experience is different, and we can be forgetful. And we also have an enemy that is constantly seducing us, try to tempt, tempt us, lead us astray. Absolutely. And he does it in such a subtle way that he will not come in with, with the whole waving his flag that mm. I'm the devil, I'm speaking to you right now. Yeah, but yeah. he comes in with a different voice that sounds like the logical voice, yeah. a reasonable yeah. voice, a voice that is sounds like it's for you, but really it's against it's you. And, and when we hear another thing of think about is maybe it's to do with the church's responsibility as well mm -hmm. that the church has not done um, its best mm -hmm. to help to guide these young people these young adults as well okay. that we maybe the church the capital church the believers collectively on this earth we may not have all discovered the fullness of life, the abundance of life that Jesus has promised mm. here on earth versus in heaven. That's why we feel like we need to go somewhere else to obtain that life. Right, yeah. Because we all want that life. If we go to anyone, atheist or not, they, we all want to have joy and peace and all that sort of things. We're all searching for it, but we just use, we channel with different means. To get that, to, to try and get it. Yeah, so... So if the church cannot fulfill that desire, that God-given desire within us, mm. we look for somewhere else. We worship some other things to, to fulfill it and satisfy it. Yeah. And it makes sense to me in that in that in that way. Yeah. And um. So yeah, the church has has, has a not responsibility too. 
Yeah, and like we looking at the teachings and the preachings of the current church right now in the trends. What sort of messages are we hearing? What's the capital church leading us, mm. leading our thoughts, our mind, our spirit? What they trying to present to us? What sort of Jesus image are they pre presenting to us? I think those are the critical questions we need to ask. Mm. Is is the Christian life only about going to church on a Sunday? You fast at the beginning of the year. You serve every Sunday. You do Bible college if you feel really spiritual, and you do some good deeds every now and then. You give into the tithes and the offering. Yeah. Are those doings really the the life that God has for us? What's the real resurrected life? That's sort of big question we need to ask. Yeah. And and our our people is a congregation experiencing those promises from God. If they're not, I would leave as well. Yeah. And I think lots of time I have like, personally, if I'm being blunt, I have retreat myself from God because the church doesn't seem to presenting the God that I desire, that I want to see online. I'm not sure whether I'm find, finding that living water mm. at the moment and I have to seek other sources like other preacher other that's why we read books yeah we we read a bible as well yeah. and they hear like and ex we examine the scriptures like is that what it is and and are my interpretation of the word of god correct mm. with my life experiences that's right. and all that sort of things and i have to and it's like a wrestle it's like a conflict it's like a iron shackling and iron sort of process mm. and it's painful and it's hard and yeah, yeah. Mm. 